0: The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. So, uh, hail Satan, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that what this episode's going to be about? Just like all hail Satan.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Do what thou wilt she'll be the whole of the podcast.
1: <laughs> when are we going to get a new album, man? Uh, I don't know. Probably
0: next year, maybe very end of this year i've said that you've said that every year (laughs) all right so
1: i told my dad this all right yeah i've I've said that i've said that for the last two years i was like all right 2018 is gonna be the year (laughs) and then they announced the uh, home and away shows and i was like all right that's what they're gonna do 2019 it'll be the year and then it has not been so hopefully 2020 will be but if you look at pearl jam's discography Right in the 90s, they released five albums, right? Five, yeah, 10 versus mm-hmm. Vitology, No Code, and Yield. And then in the aughts, they released four albums Binaural, Riot Act, Self Titled, mm-hmm. and Backspacer. In the teens, they've released one album. <laughs> okay, one album. How How is that possible? I only got like a you know
0: they got families and stuff, and you know in the beginning yeah. you're trying to uh, you you have more of a um, sort of inspirational drive to kind of go out there. You got a lot of stuff to say, and you know they've always said that Eddie kind of had problems with uh, writer's block and stuff. So it's kind of like okay, you know lyrics kind of slowing down. Yeah, I and mean, I think especially in the beginning too, because he wrote a whole lot more personally, and I think probably from no code on he has written the the lyrics that he has written have been a little bit more sort of poetic and like extremely open to interpretation and just artistic and not really like getting himself out there which maybe he doesn't have a lot to say or it's kind of like i'll just be saying the same old shit or something like that yeah so it's it it could be harder in that aspect but then you know they all have families and so you kind of slow down after that and you know it's it's you get older so you're not gonna be jumping around and climbing rafters and stuff so you're just kind of like ah you know it's awesome to play live and everything like that but i don't think i want to do it you know six out of the seven days of a week or whatever
1: yeah i mean that's true i guess
0: yeah because uh, you, you'll find this out as you get older but sleep is real nice
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah!
0: Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam Catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. back to the Better Band Podcast, this is Brandon, and here with me today is Eddie Quintana. How's it going, Eddie? It's going good, Brandon. Nice to be back. Oh, it's good to have you back. Haven't had you, haven't talked to you in a while, and now we're going to head on into Satan's bed. Let's climb on in and get nice and cozy, right?
1: <laughs> right. Satan's bed, here we come. <laughs>
0: So this song was uh, pretty much written by Stone Gossard, and it's even credited as such in the album notes, which uh, there was only three songs from Vitology that were actually credited to the individual members of the band. And uh, Eddie wrote the lyrics, of course. The first time they played this was at the Fox, the infamous Fox theater show. April 3rd 1994 which is the concert that they uh radio broadcast and had on the dissident single this song of course was left out of the dissident single along with better man and uh I think one other song but we're not talking about those we're talking about Satan's bed right right so uh Eddie what uh let's see when when did you first hear this song when you were uh discovering Pearl Jam
1: uh long time ago that's for sure um
0: Was it in context with the album or?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was in context with Vitology. Uh, I started with Backspacer and then I worked backwards. So, but Vitology was one of the, uh, early Pearl Jam albums that like that I, that I got, you know, I got 10, I got versus, I got Vitology. Mm -hmm. So it was probably early on maybe in context with the album for sure. Um, and it it was one of it was i knew i know for sure it was definitely one of the songs that I, I liked off the album more than other songs right off the bat
0: and so then you were younger when you heard this like i don't know maybe some pe- some other people who were listening to it when it uh when it came out i think it was probably f- i was 15 or so when the song came out were you were you scandalized by the language in it
1: <laughs> um no not really i was uh my dad was super into like this kind of music he grew up with this music and so like he sh- i was i was listening to like the beatles and and um and like nirvana and like you know that was really like the music that like i listened to as a as a kid and so like this did it like the language didn't bother me but like it definitely bothered some people i think uh i'm pretty sure that like while i was in high school i would be listening to this and on the iphone it shows you what you're listening to so um I, I think a friend of mine in, in high school would uh he came by and he like grabbed my phone he's like you're listening to a song called satan's bed like <laughs> and like and he was like he was like kind of like what are you like what, what what are you doing and then for sure i think the same kid too he um uh, he grabbed my phone while i was listening to nirvana's nevermind and he was like what kind of album artwork is this he's like this is this is <laughs> gross. This is disgusting. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, uh, Yeah, so It was um, the nineties, man. It was crazy. It was the nineties. It was the nineties. You could get away with things like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that, um, because you know he says suck in Satan's dick or whatever, and I'll never dick. I know like even even still I think um, I'd listen to some uh, Prince or something with my mom and I'd be, you know, an adult or something like that. And Prince would, you know, of course, be talking about something sexual or something like that. And I'd be like,
1: oh, my mom's here. I'm kind of embarrassed. I can can get get awkward.
0: Yeah. I don't know if your dad was like, oh, you gotta listen to this song. And then you're like, oh, oh no. Suck Satan's dick. What?
1: Damn. What is that? What does that mean?
0: <laughs> You'll find out. hey, hey, hey. Oh. <laughs> Am I right, son? Am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. One of the one of the things about this song is that uh Dave A is not playing the drums on it.
1: Yes, he's not.
0: Yeah, which is something my you know, even though in the uh in the in the liner notes of it, it says Jimmy drums. I never made that connection that it was anybody else but uh, but Dave playing the drums because in the very back then it says Dave plays the drums. So you're like, oh, okay, so he's playing the drums on all the songs. And you know, then you get older and it's like, huh, not all these songs have drums. And you know, they fired him after. Or maybe he uh, maybe he wasn't around for all of it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they got his uh, drummed. T- his uh, drum tech, Jimmy Schoff to a uh, program drum machine. And then they were like, Hey, you know, can you just play that drum beat that we uh, put on it, uh put on there to do it. And so then I guess he did. So that's, that's that little uh, bit of trivia for it.
1: I found that out just uh, doing my research on the band. Once I got super into the band,
0: I guess you, you're just better than me. Is that? It?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't no. I don't think so
0: uh you had you had the internet you could uh you could find stuff out like that when as opposed to me had to buy some pearl Jam zines or some crap like that and see if they had any information that you couldn't find from just talking right. to your friends yeah. who
1: any tidbits that you yeah. that you couldn't find anywhere else
0: the artwork in the liner notes speaking of the liner notes is uh credited to Dave Lasky who uh did that artwork for the Valentines issue of The Stranger which is a Seattle uh, sort of independent alternative weekly magazine. He's a Seattle cartoonist, and he, uh, I guess, did that art. And they were like, hey, we like this. We want to put this in the uh, in the uh, uh, liner notes. And I guess he had connection with a bunch of other uh, Seattle cartoonists and stuff like that, including uh, Dave Brubaker, who uh, isn't a cartoonist, he's a writer, but as somebody you might know of, is you know about comics some um, and stuff. I was interested when I found that. I was like, oh, cool.
1: That is, that, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Satan's um, um, Satan's Bed, I think, is interesting for the time period it was written in. Vitology is like the start of when the band was having I don't want to say identity issues, but like it was moving from a Stone, Gossard, and Jeff Amet project to an Eddie Vedder kind of becoming the the main focus of the band and everybody was writing more and it would it would it would definitely lead into the tensions that they had when recording no code so i think i think it's pretty interesting to see because it's an it's an interesting song i don't think they've written a song quite like satan's bed like before this or even after this
0: How so? How do you think that it's it's different?
1: I don't know. I mean, the opening with the whip, I feel like they don't... Pro jam doesn't really use, like, sound effects much in their recordings, at least that I can think of off the top of my head.
0: Like a cartoon boy. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, a, yeah, like, so having a whip in there was kind of weird and, like...
0: Slide whistle. <laughs> yeah.
1: Speaking of the whip in the beginning, I read a post a uh, long time ago and it was like do you think that like they meant to put the whip in front of whipping the song whipping and I was like I don't know but that's a good that's a good question. Like did, did they mean to or I mean I think that they were so like artistically they were young and they were artistic and like so they probably knew that they, it was the whip the whipping sound wasn't in front of whipping. Yeah. It was like, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a deliberate consciously move that they knew that it was not in front of the whipping song, but I wonder if they put, I wonder if they put it in there cause they had a song called whipping, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I think when I, when I was listening to this album, when I was first listening to it and stuff, I think that that kind of threw me off too. It's kind of like, Oh, there's a whip sound. It's going to be whipping Wait, No, they already had that earlier. What the hell? But I think it kind of brings into the, um, into like the sort of lyrical theme um, you know, when he gets into the uh, the bridge, you know, right. torture follows reward, a sort of S&M, sort of, uh, uh, you know, pleasure, pain, um, you know, Satan's all about uh, carnal pleasures or whatever. And it's just kind of, oh, things you don't want to admit you like, but, you know, because you're afraid you're going to be evil or bad, but hey, yeah, it's okay with, with the devil, buddy.
1: Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: And saying that in this voice,
1: oh yeah, the devil. <laughs> I do, I do like the lyrics though. I think they're some of my favorite lyrics off mythology.
0: Yeah, and he gets into a run in the in the um, in the second verse, I think, where like the the words rhyme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where kind of like some like kind of slant rhymes and stuff, which I think was very very rare in in early Pearl Jam. kind of surprising it's like oh wow these, these words are rhyming and you don't really think about it until you you know listen to all the other songs it's like hey you know none of these other lyrics
1: rhyme yeah until until the later albums is when he starts to play with the rhyme and the and the, and the flow of those songs but i do think that my favorite verse is definitely the the last verse <laughs> Never shook Satan's head. Let's see for yourself. You know that if I had this shit, don't come off. And and I think my favorite line, my favorite two lines is, I rise and fall. Let me take credit for both. Jump off a cliff. Don't need your help. So back off. I mean, the song was written, written in, it was written sometime in 94. And, um. but I don't think these were the finished lyrics when they first played it at the Fox theater show. So I think that these, mm-hmm. I think of Kurt Cobain when I, when I, those last, those two lines um, when when I when they play the song and like when they sing those two lines, I think of Kurt. What
0: do those uh, lyrics make you think of uh, Kurt Cobain?
1: I rise and fall, let me take credit for both. Um, Nirvana was had its high point in nevermind and in utero, and you know Kurt was obviously not not feeling well. so I mm-hmm. think he he thought to himself he was falling in a sense. Uh, I mean, he committed suicide you know and, and that's horrible. So I think he got as low as he could go. So I I think I rise and fall, let me take credit for both. Jump off a cliff, don't need your help, so back off. I think uh, it's really dark lyrics, but that's I just see I just see Kurt whenever the lines are said or whenever I'm listening to the song. But I don't but I don't see Kurt like as the meaning throughout the whole song. It's just that one little section.
0: Do you follow the theory that this is a uh a song kind of about uh, the Shannon Doherty incident, if you've seen that or heard about that.
1: No, I've never heard this theory and I've never, what what is it? I've never heard it before.
0: Um, I guess she was a big fan of, of Pearl Jam or at least, you know, of Eddie because he's so, he's so dreamy. Of course. And um, they kind of ran into each other or something and she wanted to backstage passes or she wanted to meet Eddie or something like that. And, You just kind of felt that it's like, oh, you know, you're kind of a fake person. You're an actor. You're whatever. You don't care. (laughs) You don't care about the music, man. (laughs) I guess. And people said that this kind of song is a a, a jab at her or something like that, or at least parts of it are.
1: I mean, that makes sense. I mean, the whole first verse, is it the first verse or is it, it's like the first verse. It's like, no, it's the second, second verse. Yeah. The. That uh, who made up made up made up the myth that we were born to be covered in bliss. That's who set the standard. Born to be rich. Such fine examples. Skinny little bitch. I mean, maybe
0: lyrically, what do you think the uh, the song the theme of the song is, or what is it kind of reference to in your mind?
1: Um, there's a lot of things I think about when I think about Satan's Bed. Obviously, the last parts of the last verses. I think about Kurt. Um, the whole second verse, I think about the, just like what Eddie was going through because like there's the second verse fits into like the narrative of the album of like what Eddie's going through. Like last exit is a song about wanting to make your last exit. You know, Eddie's reached this ultimate high point of, of of fame and popularity. And then, um, you know, not for you. That whole song is about the, the critics and, 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 you know, S- the small my table sets just two, you know, and then corduroy. Obviously, we all know is about the jacket. Corduroy jacket Eddie had for like twelve bucks. He bought a thrift at a thrift store. He saw they were selling for like eight hundred dollars or whatever it was. So I think I think the second verse really fits into that. What Eddie's going through in ninety, you know, ninety four with you know, everybody wanting to know still who Pearl Jam is and, and, and what they're about. That's mm-hmm. what I think about of Satan's Bed when lyrically, those are the two, those are the two images I get in my head when, when listening to Satan's Bed.
0: Do you find any lyrical connection with that then? Or do you think it's just like a sort of awesome song that you can sing along to? The con-
1: you, you feel connection to certain songs. Like there's other songs in their catalog, like Black or, or I Am Mine, and then like Another song off this album, "Nothing Man." You you feel the connection. You can put yourself in there. I can't really put myself in this song, but it still is like a great song to 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 rock, to, to listen to, and then also to play on guitar. the The main riff of this on this song is incredibly badass. Like <laughs> it's so much fun to play, and it sounds so good. And that's one of that's that's another reason why I like this song as a guitar player just what stone and mike are doing to play off each other throughout the song is amazing
0: yeah i've I've had a riff that i've kind of played around with for i don't know as long as i've been playing guitar or something like that and and i've always kind of liked it and never really got a chance to work it into a song and then i was listening to this song again getting ready to record and i was like i totally ripped this off it's like damn it i thought i came up with a cool riff i was like no i was
1: just ripping off satan's bed oh, dang it <laughs>
0: Oh well, nobody's ever heard it, so
1: (laughs) I I accidentally when I was in high school I was in a band, and you know this is the whole the we it took us four years to make one album, Mm -hmm. so like you know we started out without like that good of technology, so everything sounded like super uh, like staticky, you know. Um, But as we got so so we it took us four my my the reason I say that is because it took us four years to write all the songs for the album. So like there's different stages of like what we were into at the time. So I, I got into like a really punk stage. So I was trying to write a punk song and I wrote this riff and I was like, Oh dude, it sounds so cool. So I recorded like a quick demo of it. Uh I didn't have a chorus for it. So it was just like, it was just like a riff and I sent it and I was listening and, and and, uh, I sent it over to the band and I don't think anybody really listened to it, but then I was listening to uh Green Day, and I totally just, without even thinking about it, just ripped off uh, the song of 21st Century Breakdown. It's um, East Jesus Nowhere, I think is what it's called. The, that, that, bum, 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 And I didn't even realize it. Like, it was the exact same riff. Like, same notes. It was the same everything. And I was like, oops. One of the uh,
0: the first songs my high school band, when I was when I was in high school and had a band, one of the first songs that i wrote are is the exact same chords and progression of smashing pumpkins today but i had only ever heard it on the radio maybe a couple of times and like but it doesn't sound anything like it cuz it's a completely different rhythm it's kind of like a more punk song than it but it was probably you know 5 6 years afterwards when i got into smashing pumpkins and stuff like that and like had the album and was trying to learn how to play some smashing pumpkin songs i was like oh, no. this is the exact same song it's like oh crap what the hell and so i was like oh okay we'll just in the middle of it we can just kind of bust into today and we kind mm-hmm. of like melded those two songs when we played live that was a, a kind of a cool little thing i did there but at least I thought it was cool. <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever if anybody ever got it who watched us or whatever. I was kind of like, okay, they just put Smash Pumpkins in the middle, oh whatever. I was like, you don't understand; it's the same song <laughs> by accident. But uh, uh, speaking of high school stories and stuff, my one of my first memories of hearing this song is um, one of my friends got the vinyl uh, got the vinyl Vitology, so that came out before the CD, and so he had it and uh, and recorded it to tape. And I was in a drama club or not drama club. I was actually in, I was in a a, a play and he was in the play too. And so he brought the, uh, the cassette of it to, uh, to rehearsal one day and we we're kind of just sitting around waiting and stuff. And so he pops that into the sound system and it starts playing and stuff. And one of, uh, one of my friends, uh, his grandmother was really religious and stuff and had this book about how rock and roll is the devil music and stuff. And, He was talking about how he read it and he was like, oh, geez, this book is so crazy and stuff. And it talks about how, you know, drum beats sort of like how um, back in Africa, you know, they play the drums to summon demons and stuff. And, you know, drum beats can sort of alter your your heartbeat because it's taking control. And so, you know, you can't listen to this kind of music because it's, you know, it's evil and all this sort of stuff. And it's kind of, you think, boy, that's super racist. But um <laughs> Then he's uh then he's saying He's like oh yes yeah, he like listen to these songs They're kind of like you know you hear the heavy drum beat and stuff Like that and if you kind of pay attention like your Heartbeat kind of starts to follow it And stuff and it's like oh yeah and then you know And then satan's bed comes on And he's like saying satan and stuff and you're like Oh my gosh It said satan and then he's talking about Satan and the song <laughs> satan oh my gosh It's so creepy But uh yeah and the and the and the and the album for it too, you know, you look at the, it. it's like a whole, it's a, it's a book. And so it's kind of like, oh, it's all dark and spooky. And it's, it's like a, a grimoire or, or it's just kind of like this strange mystical tome as you look at it and stuff. That was my <laughs> yeah. story.
1: Yeah. Sadly, I don't have a story of when I first heard it. I just probably was in my room just listening to the album all the way through. And it's probably the first time I heard the mm-hmm. song. Eh,
0: not everything needs a story behind it.
1: Yeah. It could just be an awesome song, right? Which it which which it is.
0: Yeah, they haven't they had the you know, of course haven't played it live all that much. And I don't know if since uh, Eddie's married to a model now, if the uh model, role model, rule some models in blood line <laughs> kind of give give 'em pause <laughs> to uh to bust it out super often
1: nowadays. Yeah that's uh that, that that's kind of <laughs> yeah i never put that together but i would be i'd be tempted to sing it if my wife was a was a, was a role model
0: yeah and then looking at the at the lyrics and stuff when you find it online i don't know if i've heard these lyrics wrong or if i saw them another way somehow and just had it in my mind that that's what it is but i thought he was saying um i'd stop and talk I'm already in love but then, like, you look at the line at the lyrics online and it's, and it's, I'd stop and talk, which, you know, end to talk isn't really a word per se, but it kind of sounds cool, I guess. I don't know, at least in my mind, where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, end to talk. It's something, right? I don't know. But then uh, in, the, uh, in the bridge, too, and he's saying torture follows reward. And then in the lyrics online, it says, he says, oh, my butt. But it always sounded to me like he says, "Oh my word!" Like he's like, "Oh yeah. my word!" Like it's scandalous or something.
1: I would have to go back and listen to it to uh, to really see what I hear. I've always heard. I think I've definitely heard "Oh my butt." I don't know. Now, now I'm now I'm having fifth cross memories. Mm-hmm. And it could be either or. Now I would have to go back and listen to it though. Do you think this
0: uh, this song fits well on the album? Do you think it's a uh, and and do you think it's a how it fits? How does it fit for you in the uh, in the Pearl Jam catalog? Do you think it's a uh, a top tier, a solid sort of middle tier, or do you think it's like a a song that you're you're kind of glad that they're that they kind of left behind and aren't playing much anymore?
1: Um, for me, I think it's one of my all-time favorite Pearl Jam songs so I wish they I wish I wish they played it more it's just it's just Pearl Jam has such a unique and different catalog that they almost have a song for how you feel almost on each different day um so I think Satan's Bed I feel the song maybe less than other songs but I still think it's a it's like a great song it's definitely one of my favorite songs off itology for sure
0: do you fit, think it fits into the flow of Itology that it uh, it really belongs on there and kind of brings everything together? Or it's placed well on the album?
1: I think it's. I think so. I think it's placed well on the album. Um, I like the flow of Vitology. Um It definitely, even to this day, listening to the album all the way through, it, I definitely still get thrown off with like the try to. I I Davinita songs. bugs still kind of throws me off. Like the second half of the album, definitely it has filler in it for sure. A lot so, of filler. Mm-hmm. A lot of filler. A lot of filler. Um, so I don't really know for the for the album. It it fits and it works. It's just you have to get used to it.
0: Do you stop listening after immortality?
1: no no when i when i when i want to listen to vitology all the way through i'll listen to stupid mop because you have to
0: (laughs) just trip out and be like what
1: (laughs) it was the 90s man it was was, was the 90s the thing with stupid mop for me though is that i'm like oh my gosh seven and a half minutes of stupid (laughs) mop but then like i'm in the song and it it goes by so quick and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh it's oh it's fading out. Oh oh it's over. Okay, okay, all right. That wasn't that bad, but I'll never listen to it again, I tell myself. <laughs> and then I end up listening to it again.
0: Only well, thing is there anything else we need to uh to get out about this song to to delve deep into it or do we've we've mined it for all it's worth.
1: Um I'm I think I think we we got most of it. I think I think I think we got it.
0: All right. Mission accomplished. Is there anything that you want to uh, plug or shout out that you think people should check out that uh, you don't even benefit from at all?
1: Yeah. I mean, my, I'll shout out my Twitter, which is just Eddie Q three, four, four. That's the at at Q three, four, four. And then uh, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out my band. I guess we haven't really done anything. Dead start. It's on all your favorite streaming services. Um, we put out an album a couple months ago, but it's about the only thing we've done. Uh, and uh, Anything else I want to shout out? Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I think they just those two things. So thanks for having me on, Brandon. Okay. Hope, hope to do it again sometime soon. Oh, yeah, no problem. It's good talking to you. Yeah. It's always fun talking pro jam. Yeah, you know,
0: in uh, in eight months when I get to the next album. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> whatever. However long it takes me. Well, uh, it's good having you on, and I'll, uh, and I'll talk. To, we'll, we'll, we'll have you back on the show.
1: Thank you. I'd love to be back.
0: The Better Band podcast is produced by ListenUpreno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 4.0 license. Please visit CreativeCommons.org or email listenUpreno at gmail.com for more details. All Music Played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from BetterBandPod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BetterBandPod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P., B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and i'll read them on the season finale episode again i'd like to thank my guest eddie and as always this is brandon saying this is all your fault it oh how can i stay mad at you